Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the best friends forever. Best friends forever. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stanfield, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie! What's going on, bud? Frankie! Happy Tuesday to you, bud. Happy Prospect Tuesday to you. Gosh, man. That's what it feels like, yeah. Getting a lot of prospects here. Of course, as we mentioned yesterday, we get the return, or what should have been the return, of Aaron Hicks, but that game got rained out, uh, which means that there were two sacrifices, not just one. We had two for the price of one, Greg. Normally, we get one sacrifice. Yesterday, we got two sacrifices. Aren't we lucky? For Aaron Hicks to return to the Yankees. Lucky us. It's going to be a great show, Greg. It's How you doing, buddy? You know what? I sleep last night. So I, I went to bed, and I, I just passed out, which was great. And I had set my alarm because there was no NBA this morning. So I set my alarm like a half hour later than normal, thinking I could kind of just saunter in because I just had to do one video today rather than two, as you know. And that one takes a little bit less time to prepare because I'm not really writing anything. I'm just, you know... Kind of taking some stats. Okay. So, of course, something went wrong on the, on the early, on Make It Rain this morning, technologically speaking. So, I received a text at about 6.18 this morning, and uh, I was awake. So, uh, that was annoying. I'm sorry, Greg. Listen, they do what they were supposed Those to do. Those are the perks of being the big dog. So, I, I should have been texted, and I'm happy I was texted, but I was just frustrated like, on the day that I planned on sleeping a little bit later. Yeah. Well, you should have known. That was bound to happen, right? The one day that you want to sleep in and not really sleep in, but get... A couple, a couple extra minutes. minutes. A little extra minutes. You know, that, that, was, that was a lot, Greg. That was a lot. You should have seen that one coming. I, I should have. And then I asked you, because I was, like, was going to come in much later. I was like, Frank, do I need to do this video in the morning? And you're like, yeah. So I did. Yeah. I appreciate that, Greg. I want to make, I'm trying to make everyone, everyone's life easier. I sauntered in a little bit later than usual. You too. did. I know. Because you told me I could. I did? Yeah, yesterday. And you're I'm like, like, oh, yeah, feel free to come in later. We don't have any NBA stuff going on. I was like, all right. I, I did? Yes, you did, Greg. I don't remember that conversation. I, I wouldn't make it up. I consider myself quite honorable. Jon Snow-esque, you might say. So you got to come in later. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I'll stay later if you want me to. <laughs> Whatever you need. For the good of the people, Greg. Oh, yeah. Really? I'm not doing Doc Jock. I might need you to. No, <laughs> come on. You just said whatever you need. I'll stay later. Uh, uh, whatever you need quote. from a uh, post-production standpoint. I'm your man. I might have to, I might have to cancel Doc Jock. I'll let you know. All right. Um, anyway, so that was, that was it. And then what else I wanted to bring up to you? Oh, right. So last night, it's first day, obviously of the week in my, in my home league. Uh, by the way, right now I'm actually in first place in that league, which is cool. And I'm playing the, I think either the second or the third place teams. I have a tough matchup this week. Big week. With, uh, Bash. Bash was here. Bash, bro. Right. So I'm playing him this week. And yesterday... I only had three players going. It was Monday. There wasn't 
There was too not too a lot action. of games on. It wasn't too, night. too much action. I had legitimately three players go. There were six games on yesterday. My team went three for 12 with two runs scored and two RBI. Not much going on. Sure. Right. Uh, so, so Big Bash uh, had things a little bit differently. So, so he had uh, five players go, not significantly more than my three, but uh, he had five players play. Uh, and he's 23 at-bats. He went 11 for 23. <laughs> That's almost uh, 500. It's OBP-wise, with walks, exactly 500. Oof. He had five runs scored. Not that much more than my two. That's okay. Uh, four home runs. Six RBI. A stolen base. Uh, to go along with his 25... Total bases on the night. It's a pretty good start to the week. Not for you. It was very frustrating, Frank. But it'll probably even out unless he just got lucky and all of his players are on seven-game weeks. It was... That's the way head-to-head goes sometimes. Very, very frustrating to start my week. And of course... Oh, and you have a lot of Rockies, which are all on five-game five weeks. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, bud. So then, not the topper, but before all of this, I got a text message. Like, the first game that started last night, I believe was Minnesota and L.A., one of the first teams. Jorge Polanco's first at bat hits a home run. Who I'm, of course, playing. There comes the text. Boom, Jorge Polanco. I was like, are you, are you going to do this all week? Is this, is this what's going to happen all <laughs> Don't week? Don't be salty, Greg. So then Lorenzo Cain comes at bat in the first inning and hits one to, like, the wall. He's oh, I was five feet away from being two for two with two home runs. Well, he went 11 for 23 with four home runs. Not a great start for me, Frank. I'm sorry, bud. Greg doesn't like uh, premature commentary, really any commentary. When we went out last Friday, I was giving Greg an update oh on everything God. that was happening oh in baseball. This was awful. He did not appreciate it. This was awful. So we were walking like, to the Greg, bar. Greg, RBI single, Jeff McNeil. We were walking to the bar, <laughs> and Frank would say, holy cow, RBI single from Jeff McNeil. I'm like, are, are you going to do this with every player in every game? And he goes, you know what the updates? Ronnie Rodriguez just had a single. Well, well, we love Ronnie. I do love so Ronnie. So it's a little bit different. I do love Ronnie. <laughs> when it was random players like, Paul DeYoung walked. I didn't do that. Come on, girl. I was just like... If anyone hit like a dinger or something... I it wasn't like, just dingers. I don't it was, it myself. It was any hits. Greg doesn't... For the love of the game. Greg doesn't have the love of the game like I do. I love the game. All right, man. Love the game, man. We have a little afternoon baseball today. Do we? Yeah, we got the White Sox and the Indians. Huh, would you look at that? 210 today. I think the Yankees are playing a doubleheader tomorrow, right? They are, yeah, yeah. With the O'Riles. We should, we should probably start with the Yankees, because that's what we do. 210. Uh, yeah, I mentioned a little bit. Go ahead, jump in. So, Carrasco versus Ben Huelos today, the Killer Bees. I love it. All right. I, I like that I broke that to you. You think you live and die baseball? You get the love of the game? You didn't even know they are playing today. Well, I did see that we're already getting some lineup stuff. Yoan Moncada's not playing today, so that sucks. I did. That's, he doesn't need to play after hitting two bombs. Very night. good when you're playing Yohan Moncada in fantasy. Gosh, man. Even more frustrating for Shane Bieber. But we'll talk about that later on. You want to start with the Yankees, Greg? What do you want to do? The Let's start with the New York Yankees. Let's absolutely start with the New York Yankees. Let's start with their latest sacrifice. And that is Jonathan Loisega, a sure right rotator cuff. Sore. I said sure. Sore right rotator cuff. He's gone for a month. Miguel and Duhar, who Frank has been screaming, doesn't look right. Well, Aaron Boone agrees. And surgery, very much on the table. Things are going great for the New York Yankees once again. You know what, Greg? For all that that's happening, there's still only half a game out of first place. So, come on, let's not overreact. We're talking about sacrifices. They're playing very well. It does suck. Look, it seems like it's just going to be a lost year for Miguel and Duhar. And this was a guy that was going decently early in drafts. 
you know, in those middle rounds, anywhere from rounds six to eight, maybe in a shallower league, he was going, you know, round 10, something like that. Uh, we were in a GDD auction together where he went for over $20. So a lot of people were excited about Andohar, and rightfully so. I mean, what he did last year, especially in that second half, his ability to make contact, hit line drives, started hitting for more power last year as well. Uh, everything was there for him to build off of it and have an even better sophomore campaign this year. Uh, obviously hitting in the middle of the Yankees lineup. It's a great lineup, great ballpark to hit in. Uh, but ultimately, looks like it might be a lost year for Andujar, Greg, and I don't think that it's premature to say that because now this is the second time he's landing on the IL with the shoulder injury. We don't know how long he's going to be out, and you just mentioned that surgery is on the table once again for Andujar. So really frustrating situation for anyone who drafted him. But the question is, and it's the obvious one, right? If he wasn't right, why is he, was he brought back? He played in three rehab games, had 18 at-bats back in the majors. If he wasn't right... I think they were pressing a little bit. I think that's what it comes down to. But, I think they wanted to get him back in the lineup. But if he's not... So, so here's the question that I have. And the MRI is going to answer my question. I recognize that. Is Miguel Andujar not right because there's something wrong with his rotator cuff? Or is Miguel Andujar not right because he's nervous about tearing his rotator cuff? Right? Like, that's the question. Is it just all mental? That, like, hey, you can swing away. You're fine. You're, you're okay. You rested. You rehabbed. You're fine. The question is, is it mental? Or is the rotator cuff itself still significantly torn? And as you said, Greg, uh, I can't provide an answer for you uh, when it comes to that. Uh, we'll have MRIs and, and test results that let us know what's going on uh, inside the shoulder of Miguel Andujar. But honestly, I think it's been a combination of both. I think you know, maybe he's not swinging the same way that he normally does because in the back of his mind, he's worried about re-injuring himself. Maybe he is still dealing with slight pain, and that's why he's not playing as well as he should have. But, uh, we know that Miguel Andujar is a better player than he's showing right now. So there's clearly something going on, whether it's mental or physical, and I'm assuming test results will let us know. I would be surprised if he's, at this point, back before... The All Star break? I don't know either. I have no idea. What, what's going to happen here? I don't know. Do you drop him? What are you doing? You can't drop him yet. You got to wait, right? You got to wait until we find out information. I just, I can't imagine a situation, and maybe this is just the, uh, the the pessimist in me, Greg. I can't imagine a situation where Andujar is healthy and contributing to your fantasy team. Before, like, but don't you have to wait until the all star? Don't you have to wait and find out what the info is? And what we had info on? before, no, and he was that. rushed back. But the, yeah, sure, but the latest. <laughs> all right, I'm a little bit closer to. I want to drop this guy. I understand. Like, I'm. I have him on one team, and I'm going to wait as well. But I'm just telling you, if there's teams that are falling down the standings in Roto, or you know, they're they're starting to dip below 500, it's harder to hold on to these guys. Obviously, if you have an IL, I would, I would try and stash him for now. It's just, it's frustrating. And it came out really close to uh, game time yesterday, too. So, hopefully, you got him out before lineup's locked. Very, very frustrating. And I don't really have anything on Loizaga because he wasn't really contributing much anyway. No, Loizaga goes on. He's always been hurt, unfortunately. He's got that sore, 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 think sore, that sore shoulder. I do wonder if another injury to the rotation makes him more interested in Dallas Keuchel after... Uh, next month. Well, did you see the report from John Heyman last week? He said, it's, you know, like, they're the leading candidate right now to get him. 
And he said June 2nd. But the draft yes. doesn't end until June 5th. So yeah, how does it work? It's everybody, it's June 2nd is the day, I guess. Because everyone's been consistent about that. I don't know why. I will say this, not to call out John, I guess that's like the day that like the draft compensation comes off or something? Correct. Not to call out John Heyman's reporting, but John Heyman is a Scott Boris guy. Scott Boris leaks all his stuff to John Heyman. And to have the Yankees involved always helps Scott Boris. Yes, obviously. So I'll say that. Makes I don't sense. know. Uh, but James Paxton, I believe, is, supposed to ho- is hopefully throwing a bullpen today. Hopefully that means he's back as soon as next week. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Don't want to rush him either. Look, just let him get completely healthy. I mean, he was pitching so well. I, I want James Paxton. Not only, it does, I don't even care about, like, from a Yankees perspective right now. From a fantasy perspective, the way that James Paxton was pitching earlier on in the season, you want this guy to be right for the long haul of the season. And he's always someone that's uh, dealt with injuries. And, you know, even if you were projecting before the season, you had to kind of work in an IL stint at some point. You know, maybe he gives you 160, 170 innings, I think, would be optimistic from Paxton. But, come on, Yankees. Let's not do this again. Let's not do Andujar all over again. Let's make sure this guy is uh, 100% before he gets back uh, because you need him and, and fantasy owners need him as well. And we need him at 100%. We don't need a guy who's just going to come back and whatever, 80%, end up re-injuring himself once again. So, let's play this one right, Greg. Hopefully. Hopefully. So, we got some prospect talk coming up. We, well, we haven't we'll even do, previewed. We'll do, yeah, we'll do that with Chris Welsh coming yeah, up. Yeah, we got Chris Welsh. At, is it the Welsh on Twitter? But with Andujar out, going back to that for a second, yep. with Andujar out for the foreseeable future, we've kind I, of circled the drain when it comes to Gio Urshela. Is Gio, Gio Urshela now a must-add for you? Well, he was pretty close to a must-add already based on just the way he was playing and, and everything that the Yankees have said. Even with Andujar back, they said that he was the everyday third baseman and that Andujar was going to play designated hitter. So let's see what the ownership percentage is on Gio Urshela right now. It's, yeah. it's 16%. It, so it probably it's, should be higher based on the way he's right? playing. He's, yeah. he's hitting 341. He's got two homers, 15 ribbies. I understand he's most likely not going to keep up what he's been doing, but he is doing some good things so far this year. He's hitting the ball harder. I saw his line drive rate last week was awesome. It still is really good. It's 29% line drive rate. Uh, which has led to a 392 BABIP. Um, that, that's 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 really high. Both of those numbers are really high. But he's got a, a 44.7% hard hit rate. He's never been higher than 24% in his career. So Urshel is doing some good things this year. Line drive rate up, hitting the ball harder, um, in a good lineup. For all the reasons I just said that we liked Miguel Andujar coming into the year, obviously he's not the same level player that Miguel Andujar is, but he's in a good spot. He's going to play every day for the Yankees, and it's a good ballpark to hit in. So... Especially if you need a corner infielder, I would say at this point, Greg, he's probably worth owning in a 12-team league. Like, I'm not going to drop anybody of significant value, but if you need a corner infielder, if you need a third baseman, if you had Andujar on your team, uh, if you had Travis Shaw, who we'll get into as well when we talk about Kesson Hira, looks like he's either going to be sent down or he's going to go on the IL. If you have any of those guys and you just need a third baseman fill-in, I think Gio Urshela should be more owned than 16%, Greg. I think so, too. And I think uh, Inyahu, eligible at shortstop and third base. Uh, really? Shortstop, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did he play shortstop? I feel like he's always just been a third baseman. I kind of agree with you. Weird. Yeah. But you know, on Yahoo, no, if, you, if, you, if you ever looked at the position, you could play it. Not going to complain. Not going to complain. What would your position eligibility be uh, if we had kickball fantasy on Yahoo, Greg? I'd probably be uh, more like Ronnie Rodriguez, everywhere but pitcher. Okay. Yeah. A little first, second, third, short. And outfield. And outfield. Sure. You do it all. 
Yeah. Little Ronnie Rodriguez, a little Probably, Nico Goodrum action. It wouldn't be third. It'd be first, second, short outfield. Oh, because you don't have the arm for third. Correct. Okay. But really good at flipping and catching. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. I don't want to say really good at catching. Good to know. I'm all right. Maybe we could get the, uh, you know, we'll get the Welsh out to one of your kickball games and then he'd give us a, a prospect Break grade down? for you. I might, um, I'll just tell you off the air what's going on for Doc Jock tonight. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Let's see. Also, Greg, uh, we've been here for 20 minutes now. We haven't even mentioned. Happy NBA Draft Lottery Day, Greg. Chill, Nick's man. Twitter is just freaking out right now. I've seen some people lighting candles around a Zion Williamson picture, lighting candles around their Knicks jerseys. I believe Welsh is a Suns fan, so a little bit of competition here on the show. He wants the first pick. The Suns he had won it the last year. It's our turn. Our turn. It's been a long time, Greg. It's been a long time. And I'm, as long usual, expecting time. the worst. Oh, yeah, you should. You should. Absolutely. We'll take a break. Chris Welsh, a.k.a. The Welsh, joins us next on the BFFs. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Game Time Decisions Some jackass Sixer fan sent me a tweet before the game. I was minding my own business. I didn't start anything with anybody. That's the thing. A lot of these guys, they yeah. like to... Minding my own business. It's like, oh, I enjoy watching Kawhi Leonard Toronto for the last game that he's leaving. Enjoy. I respect Responded, or this is Jimmy Butler's last game in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. I said Olympic. Joel Embiid will be left crying after Just the Raptors win. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. BFS Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Stanfield, Greg Sussman here. Do we have... The Welsh. So let's introduce Chris Welsh, a.k.a. The Welsh, the fantasy best friends forever. What's going on, Chris? Gentlemen, what's up, my friends? How you guys doing? Doing well, man. Do- a little nervous, to be honest with you. And by a little nervous, I mean Why? a lot, I'm lot nervous. It's like the biggest night. Why? In, what's there to be nervous about? It's, it's the biggest night in, in New York sports in like my lifetime. 
See, okay, no, but this is interesting because I know what you're going with here. I am in Phoenix, right. and I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, uh-huh. so we are dueling. So this clearly means that neither one of us are going to get the Zion sweepstakes. But, but here's the thing, Chris. You, you, you won it last year. You won the Aiton sweepstakes. That that was fun. That's good. You, you won the sweepstakes have when you, you got Devin Booker. Sun? I have. They're they're very bad. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I think either one of I, I get what you're saying. We got that. As, I mean, okay. As long as the Cavs don't get it again, Agreed. let's not do that anymore. Let's, sure. Let's not have it be you know the conspiracy of uh, the NBA and the Cavs and whatnot, but I don't know. I mean, you get Zion and we get John ja, ja Morant as a Phoenix Suns fan, I'll be fine. I, I couldn't think of anything uh, more apropos. Well, so you know you just made it a lock yeah. that the Cavs are going to get Zion, right? That's what I said. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you, there, there's Knicks over to you guys, Phoenix Suns to me, and I know I'm going to watch tonight, and then it's going to be Cavs, and it's just like, whatever. And then the Suns are going to get the third pick, by the way. But, but what would the Knicks do? Knicks aren't going to take John ja Morant. You guys are going to go get Kyrie, and you got Dennis Smith Jr. Doesn't make sense. Well, Martino downstairs thinks John Morant should not be number two anyway. It should be R.J. Barrett. And he gave an impassioned mm. defense this morning, and I was just disagreeing with him. That was yeah, nice well, I hope that is true if the Suns have the third pick. I'm sure, I'm sure you do, Chris. I'm, I'm quite sure you do. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's pause on that, Frank. We'll get, we'll get back to that. No we'll get back to that. Yeah, I'm quite sure we will. All right, it's all of a sudden Welsh has become a prospect Tuesday where – I don't know if it's a, a date that has passed all of a sudden where all of these teams are calling up uh, arguably their top prospects, none bigger in my opinion, and you can totally correct me if I'm wrong, than in Milwaukee, where Keston Hira, Hira, is that right? Keston Hira. Hira, all right. Yep. Hira, yeah, Hira. Keston Hira called up with Travis Shaw going on the IL, expected to anyway, uh, with a wrist injury from swinging and missing over and over and over. So, Keston Hira is going to step in, I would assume, as the everyday second baseman with Moustakas going back to third, would be my, my guess. How excited should fantasy owners be on Keston Hira, and how much should they spend to go out and get him? I think they should be really excited about it. I'm a, I'm a big Keston Hira guy. Um, I do prospect ranks. I rank out like top 500, for, and I do it for fantasy. And I had Hira as my thir- th- 13th overall prospect coming into the season, and he's currently 11th. And um, since the day that he was drafted, I remember I interviewed Jim Callis, and during the draft at that year, I think it was 17, he told me, he's like, Kesson here is the best bat in this draft. And it was almost hard to believe. And then he comes out, he, uh, they train out here in Arizona, so I get to see half of these teams. And immediately you just see how this guy puts up the ball. I mean, his bat-to-ball skills is ridiculous. He puts it all fields. Incredible control. I, I only want to call him sneaky power because the guy right now is like 11 homers in the minor so far this year. So it's not even that sneaky. Everybody knows about it. And, uh, you know, I saw him again. I've seen him like in periodic times over the last two and a half years. And he was out here in the Arizona Fall League and I got to interview him. He's a great dude who understands the game. He understands himself. Power, speed, hit. Won the MVP out here in the Arizona Fall League. And I think he doesn't elicit the same type of excitement that guys like um, Eloy Jimenez or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or I'd even say Nick Sinzel, but I think he's more than comparable to Nick. I mean, I have him higher than Nick Sinzel, and I think he's more than comparable, and he's like the more exciting but low-key prospect call-up that we've had this season. Yeah, and obviously landing in a good spot here with the Milwaukee Brewers, it's a good lineup, it's a good ballpark to hit in, so... Yeah, I think a lot of people are excited about Kesson Hira, and rightfully so. I would make sure to be very aggressive, uh, especially if you have Fab coming up on Hira. 
Well, the Indians are 26th in runs scored this year. Uh, they're looking for a shot in the arm. They got some old Wiley veterans in the, in their lineup still. Jason Kipnis, Carlos Gonzalez. They tried the Hanley Ramirez thing, too. Um, they're looking for a shot in the arm. They're going to get Oscar Mercado called up here. And this kid has legit speed. He isn't a zero in the power department. What can you tell us about him? Um, where does he rank coming into the year for you? Uh, how excited are you about, about Mercado here for the Indians? Yeah, so Mercado, as far as like when you're talking fantasy and ranking, he, he's one of these really interesting ones where I think he spans two different conversations. If you're talking like long-term dynasty, you know, and you're not thinking about just one year, he's lower. I had him, I would say, even aggressively lower um, from a who is going to impact this season standpoint, much higher because he's on the precipice. He was I mean, obviously he's there now, but he was on the precipice of being called up. Um, I think, yeah. In a couple of years, saw him more recently in um, in spring training, right towards the end, and he's definitely imp- he's improved his contact, like that he's making. Not that, I mean, he's always had like decent bat, you know, bat skills, but like he's making more solid contact. The stolen bases, I think, are coming down a notch, and I think they're going to come. I think it's one of those guys where they're going to pare down a bit once he gets to the major league level. But he makes some loud contact. You're totally right. This isn't empty. I've, I had a couple people tweeting me like, "Hey, you know." Like, can you comp him? You know, is this like a Billy Hamilton? I'm like, no, it's not a Billy Hamilton at all. Uh, this might be closer to like a maybe higher average, maybe a little bit more speedy, like Ramon Laureano or something like that. But uh, I, I mean, honestly, I don't think I'm crazy bullish on Mercado rest of season. This isn't to say he's not going to be solid. I think power speed is good, pretty decent hit tool. But the Indians also are kind of still in this like transitional period of finding who the players. Uh, that makes sense for this team. I think when Tyler Naquin comes back, he could be an issue. Brad, Bradley Zimmer's out here in Arizona right now. He's still rehabbing. He's going to be coming back soon. So again, I'm not I'm not trying to you know rain on the parade of Mercado. I think he'll do some stuff, but I'm not uh, crazy bullish unless unless I was really really trying to fish for some stolen bases. All right, so there's what you know about Mercado, and it's interesting because the Indians. I was reading an article, I think it was Ken Rosenthal at The Athletic, that kind of put together what their top players did last year, war-wise, compared to this year. And it's like, it's insane how top-heavy the Indians are supposed to be. And yet, their top players just aren't doing enough. Carlos Santana's in a bad slump. Obviously, Jose Ramirez is still behind under 200. It's been a rough, rough go for the Indians. Hopefully, Mercado can provide a spark. Yeah, Yeah. and you know, what's interesting about this team, too, uh, because I... um, I really follow the the lower minors. They actually are like 10 minutes from my house or training facility. And I've been following their lower minor system. And, and the Indians are in this really interesting, weird spot where if they wanted, they could do what the big teams do. They have so many assets at the lower levels in international prospects, like this guy named George Valera, Nolan Jones, down to just a slew of other prospects, that they could trade out and they could bring in big bats to completely change the course right now. But they seem very steadfast and not knowing who they are are they going to trade off pieces like you know bauer at some point and are they going to try to retool that way or are they going to just try to uh ride the storm and i think that's kind of what they're doing now they're just kind of riding it out seeing if they can hold tight into the second half of the year and mercado might provide that spark all right so we'll see if mercado could do that we're talking to chris welsh aka the welsh here about some of the prospects that were called up for uh, these major league teams. And that brings us to Kansas City, where Nicky Lopez was the latest Royal called up. And it certainly seems, Chris, that we're 
onto this next phase of Kansas City Royals, past the Alex Gordon, Mike Moustakis, Eric Hosmer crew, and on to the next, where it's Adalberto Mondesi, Hunter Dozier, Whit Merrifield, and now potentially Nicky Lopez. What should fantasy owners know about him? I love Nicky Lopez. And I'll, I'll tell you, I like Nicky Lopez more than I like Oscar Mercado from a rank perspective, from a this year perspective. Um, he's a really likable guy. Not that that means anything for fantasy, but if people have followed Cole Tucker, you know, Cole Tucker is one of, he's just one of the best dudes that I've ever been around. And he's come up and he's been, you know, even solid for the, the Pirates. It's just kind of this all package. Nicky Lopez is kind of like that. But besides that point, he is, um, it, you know what? He's kind of like a low-key Keston here, to be honest with you. Not as much power, but he's just unheralded, um, just full-on. He, he makes great contact, huge OBP guy. He, right now, in th- this season, as far as it goes, he's on a uh, career path of average OBP uh, pr- projections as far as power goes. Looks like it would surpass if he were to have stayed in the minors. And, you know, he's just he's ridiculous as far as walk-to-strikeout ratio, 13 walks to five strikeouts in 116 at-bats. I like Nicky Lopez long-term. I like him for the rest of this year. And so much so, you know, that the Royals, they move off their plans and they take Whit Merrifield and they make him just a full-time outfielder so Nicky Lopez can come on the infield. And frankly, you know, a team, you would look at this team and if you took off Whit Merrifield, you would see so much aggression and lack of ability to, like, get on base and manufacture runs from guys like, you know, I mean, Dozier's been solid, but Dozier, Ryan O'Hearn, Billy Hamilton, I mean, Jesus, that guy can't, you know, you just know what he can't get on base with. And Adalberto Mondesi is really solid, but he's not a guy that's going to, unless he's making super hard contact, he's not getting on base. So I say all of that to say that, like, Nicky Lopez is the perfect piece for this team, the perfect complement for the big bats. I'm hopeful that Nicky Lopez is at the top of a lineup. This is like a perfect number two to me. You put Nicky Lopez at two, you have, um, I mean, you can mess around with how they want to have the leadoff, but you have Whit Merrifield there. I think Nicky Lopez is going to be a solid, high-end two-category guy of average and runs, and I think he's going to compete on the other three in a solid way. I don't know where the RBIs are going to go, but I wouldn't be shocked to see him somewhere between, especially with how the ball flies right now, 10 to 12 uh, homers rest of year, and maybe even, you know, 10 to 15 stolen bases. So I'm a little bit more aggressive on Lopez than I am Mercado. Okay, so Lopez over Mercado there. Hopefully we could see him towards the top. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, Greg, that if he performs, we can see him in that two-hole. I know Montesi has done a great job, but why don't you just slide Montesi down one spot? Let him hit three. I mean, he makes a ton of hard contact. He's done a great job of driving in RBIs so far this season already, so that could make a lot of sense. You have Merrifield, you have Nicky Lopez, and then you have Adalberto Montesi at the top of the Royals lineup. We are speaking with the Welsh. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at IsItTheWelsh. And... We had Corbin Martin make his debut on Sunday. A very successful one. Nine strikeouts over five and a third innings pitched. Uh, what can you tell us about Corbin Martin? He has really, really impressive minor league numbers. Do you expect him to stick around for a while? That's probably the biggest question I've been getting. Is he going to stay in the rotation? Which is like one of the hardest things to answer when it comes to a prospect, yeah. let alone a starting pitcher prospect. Uh, but what are you expecting from Corbin Martin? Yeah, we'll throw one more thing into there. A Houston Astros starting pitching prospect. That's like, that's its own category that you have to go in. And, you know, preseason, this this Astros starting pitching prospect 
issue is a reason that I wasn't bullish on Josh James, even though, I mean, Josh James was like a darling of drafts that you could get around 200 because high strikeouts and he's got a spot in the rotation, but the Astros are on the highest level of, of competitiveness and they're not afraid as they have continuously done to bring in and fill out the holes with veterans. They, I don't think they want to put, you know, the team on the back of a rookie, especially in the rotation. So I'm saying all that to say that I'm not, I don't feel positive about Corbin Martin doing like a Chris Paddock the rest of the year. Not saying that he can't. He's in solid four-pitch uh, pitcher. couple offerings are plus. Good control. Everyone saw nine strikeouts in his uh, debut. I think that was really, really solid. But this team has Josh James. They've got Forrest Whitley, who I know is struggling a little bit. Uh, Corbin Martin, J.B. Bukowskis is another guy who's been struggling, but he's a solid guy that if they want to interchange, and that's what I think they end up doing for a while is they're interchanging out some of these arms. So I don't see Corbin Martin as a long-term option because, frankly, I'll be honest with you, the draft is like – the MLB draft is a little bit less than a month away, and that's going to open up Dallas Keuchel to no longer have pick compensation. And I I just don't see – Dallas Keuchel, I don't see signing a multi-year contract mid-season. I think he's going to just sign a short-term and then re-hit this next year when there's no compensation. So why wouldn't he go back to the Astros, the team that, you know, the team that he's been with, his home, all of that. I don't see why they wouldn't do that. So I actually think he goes back to Houston. So I'm not crazy aggressive on Corbin Martin, at least being able to produce. But if he was in the rotation, yeah, he's a, he's a must-own. Corbin Martin, a must-own for now. And I have kind of follow-up questions there. You mentioned Josh James before. Forrest Whitley, we're, we're still waiting on. You mentioned Dallas Keuchel here as well. The, the Ashers as a whole, you spoke about never afraid. But that brings us to that brings us to Jordan Alvarez, right? Like, at what point does he come up? Because that's what the other fantasy owners are waiting for. Do they splurge on Hura? Yeah. Do they wait for Alvarez? Do they go with Nicky Lopez? We know the Ashers are aggressive, as you mentioned, but when is Alvarez coming up? Yeah, that's, I mean, God, that, that is like the biggest question the last three weeks I see. Is every other question is, what about Jordan Alvarez? Jordan Alvarez is the baddest dude in the minors right now. He is destroying everything. I think he's still hitting 400 and we're in mid-May. He is nasty, man. But the only thing that I hold back a little bit on, is, and this is very, very minor, and this can be fixed with, you know, one quick swoop, but he's not on the 40-man. And they do have someone on the 40-man in Kyle Tucker. And Kyle Tucker, you know, perceivably their top prospect, him or Forrest Whitley, however you want to look at it, because Tucker was struggling, really struggling to start the season. But um, over the last couple weeks, I mean, in the month of May, so April he hit 173. In May, in 12 games, he's hitting 349 with a 440 OBP, five homers, three stolen bases. And he's one of their top prospects, and he is on the 40-man roster. So everybody's focusing on Jordan Alvarez. I don't see that would be the next place again the Astros they've got so many veteran pieces across the board I don't see them you know designating someone for assignment to bring up Alvarez when Tucker is destroying it right now I think Tucker's the next guy if they you know if they were to cut bait on Tyler White you bring in Tucker he can be a DH or you know you can move um, Josh Reddick to DH so I don't think Alvarez is an option for the next couple like month or two but I say that and tomorrow they'll go designate some pitcher for assignment and put him on the 40 man but I would go with Tucker first yeah, and that's kind of what I've speculated at, Frank, with Tucker on the 40-man, with being a top prospect in his own right. We know how cold he started, but he's gotten hot late. Like, we don't know that Alvarez is next, despite being, you know, otherworldly hot. Yeah, so I just looked this up. Yeah, while... and they're playing him in the outfield. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. 
Uh, I just looked this up while you were talking about Jordan Alvarez. Still really close to 400, batting 395 with 15 homers. So he is mashing, but again, uh, there are some behind-the-scenes politics right here that he's not on the 40-man roster, so let's see what happens with that. We're talking with the Welsh at Is It The Welsh. Give him a follow on Twitter. You can listen to him in Bogman on Saturdays, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, here, 4 to 7 p.m. Also, make sure you check out his Prospect podcast, Prospect 1. We only got you for another minute about here, Welsh. Uh, did you were you aggressive on Carter Keyboom? Because I I was, and I, I picked him up in a few locations for like 30 plus percent of my fab, and, and I feel <laughs> terrible right mm-hmm. now. Um, I'm still holding on to him because those are like 15 team mixed roto leagues, and it's hard to come by uh, players of his talent. Did you get him anywhere? Are you still holding on to him? What do you think about Carter Keyboom? Uh, we only got about a minute left. Yep, absolutely. I'm uh, very, very bullish about Carter Keyboom. And yes, I did spend a decent amount when he got the call up. And, um, you know, I'm, I think it's odd. I've seen so many articles of people that are like calling Carter Keyboom a disappointment. And I just don't understand it. People are like, you know, the, the curious case of Carter Keyboom and why you don't spin your fab. And it's like, no, that's exactly what you do. All these guys are going to run into to struggles. I think he's going to come up. He's been groomed as a second baseman. He's not tied to Trey Turner. Dozier sucks. When Dozier sucks just quite enough, Carter Keyboom is going to come back up. He's already hitting it back in the minors. He's hitting two, 341 total in AAA right now. He'll be back. I think everyone can breathe a sigh of relief when he comes back because he is an explosive bat. Chris Welsh, a.k.a. the Welsh. Have a good news for us on Carter Keyboom, Frankie. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping we get some Carter Keyboom back. And I do agree with you that Brian Dozier sucks, Welsh, so thank you. He sure does. Good luck tonight uh, with, with your sucks. Phoenix Suns, bud. All right, well, I'm rooting for you guys. I'll be tweeting as soon as the Cavs get the number one overall pick. I'll tweet you guys. I'm not remotely rooting for you, so that's great. All right, <laughs> let's take a break. Back with more on the BFFs right after this. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root, root, rooting for your fantasy baseball team. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. In this league. We're going to band together. We're going to fight the man. We're going to fight him. Who's that man? We're going to bring him to their knees. It's a woman. It's Jeannie Buss. Uh-oh. Woman. Get Trey Clavis to drive a plane here. The wings. The wings have flag. Oh, that LeBron James is a problem. They're out here like all the fans are out there. They're like, hey, Addie Cox. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. 
Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. So I'm sitting here trying to explain to, to Frank how the lottery works. I would rather have it this I would rather be in Cleveland or Phoenix's position. Greg. Why? No, you wouldn't. Okay, because the Knicks have a 47.9% yeah. chance of getting the fifth pick. Correct. Cleveland has a 47.9% of the fifth or sixth pick. Yeah, but if you break it down to by pick, the percentage of each pick, so it's 20% for sixth, right. it's 27.8% for fifth. So I understand when you add it up together, it's uh-huh. the same as the fifth, but right. aren't your chances of moving past that greater because each percentage at fifth and sixth is significantly lower than what ours is for fifth? Doesn't that make sense? I understand what you're saying. I, I, it, it sounds very convoluted. No, I understand what you're saying. They only have a 20% chance at 6th and a 20% chance at 5th. We have a 47% chance Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I hear you. That doesn't seem fair. I, I, I'm this sure. is the worst team all year. Yeah. Come on, man. What are we doing? Yeah. Oh, my God. The Knicks chose the worst year to tank. Correct. Because they changed the way that the lottery works. Oh, I'm not ready, dude. I, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's going to be a disaster, by the way. If it weren't a Tuesday, I'd, I'd probably be getting wrecked somewhere. <laughs> you, know what you know what I'm trying to do before? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What's before the lottery tonight? I can't handle this right now. You know what I'm trying to do before the lottery tonight? What are you doing? I'm trying to make my debut. Debut? Of what? I'm trying to make a debut this week. A 2019 debut. 2019 debut for Greg Sussman. For... Trying to spike a little bit tonight. Spike ball? Yeah. On the night of the draft lottery, Greg? Well, before I, I, I feel done. like we should be lighting some candles somewhere. I'm trying to spike the ball so I get like the adrenaline pumping. So I, get I don't pack. think that's how it works. No? No. no. Those wondering what spike ball is, uh, just go to YouTube right now and watch like spike ball sure. championship or something like that. Yeah. And you'll see what Greg Sussman's doing tonight instead of lighting some candles and getting ready for the draft lottery. What am I going to do? Sit in silence with candles around me? I, I might have to. <laughs> The king is going to try to talk to me. No. Shh. Shh. We're praying. We're praying right now. It's a big deal, man. Do you feel as negatively about Zion Williamson as like other people downstairs do? No. I walked out of the room yesterday. Did you understand? <laughs> so, so Mike Cardano was telling us why Zion Williamson so, is going to suck in the NBA. So yesterday, we filmed a bunch of videos after BFFs as we tend to do every single day. Uh, some stuff that you could check out on FanDuel. You could check out with the NBA. And I finished those at a about yesterday around 3.30. And I had a lot of other things I, I kind of needed to do, which is like send emails out and do some back-end stuff for uh, the brand new announcement with SportsGrid partnering with the Meadowlands. Partnering with Meadowlands and having a uh, new studio from the Meadowlands at the FanDuel Sportsbook, which is amazing. So I had some work I had to do with that. And I walked downstairs uh, into our control room where Mike and everybody else was just screaming at each other in regards to Zion. And I just like looked around, and everybody is involved in this conversation. From Frank, to Mike, to, to Steve, our video producer, to Sean, 
to Yang to Danny, who doesn't even understand what's going on. And they're all just yelling and watching highlights and screaming at each other. And I was like looking for like a chair or, should have had that on air. or a silent corner for me to just work. And I was just like, you know what? I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> and I walked out of the room to a, a conference room next door to our control room where the room next to me yelling bursted through the walls. And I didn't bring the headphones with me, so I had to just listen to it anyway with a, a wall in between. It was very exasperating when trying to work through that. You know what's exasperating, Greg? When people think Zion Williamson is not the best player in this draft. Agreed. Come on, you what know, are we doing here? But you know Mike's always a um, contrarian. <laughs> I know, he likes to stir the pot. That's what the Alex Smith I know. logic comes it's from. It's like uh, he's got some like Max Kellerman takes. Some Stephen A. Smith takes that, uh, that he needs to get off his chest. I don't care that Zion Williamson can't shoot. I, this, this guy enters the league. He's a top five athlete already, Greg. You could teach a guy how to shoot. I'll use Blake Griffin as an example. I, I think Blake Griffin's actually a comparable player. I think Zion, Zion Williamson. And Zion Williamson's a better athlete than Blake Griffin. And a better shooter. Well, I mean, Blake was a really bad shooter. Not, I mean, Zion's not a good shooter, Greg. He's a better shooter than Blake was, obviously. Coming into the league? And, and then, it's arguable. I don't think it is. He's not a good free throw shooter either. Dude, well, Zion, you could teach him. Zion's like, Blake Griffin threes. came into the league as a 50% free throw shooter, and now he shoots 75% Dude, from Zion shot 34% from three-point range in college. Yeah, well, that's because he didn't take many of them either, Greg. Blake Griffin couldn't shoot threes coming into the NBA. <laughs> he can now. That's why I'm saying he look, shot over two threes per game. You, I agree with you. The sky's the limit for this guy. What are you, six foot seven? What is he going to do against centers, Greg? He's going to be awesome. I agree with you. Those stats come courtesy of Martino, by the way. There you go. Thanks, Martino. He was right on. Well, Martino's a Duke fan, right? So that makes sense. Martino's a Duke. Oh, that's, that's why you were going nuts about R.J. Barrett today. Oh, so he doesn't actually. So I forgot you were a Duke fan. He doesn't fan. actually have, like, scouting analysis. So, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Oh, but we're not going to get into that. you got a whole show to do. I walked in today. We were just talking about this. Listen, I want first or second pick so they get John Moran. And he's just like, are you an idiot? No, as long as we oh, get a top three, Greg, we're good. Oh, it was about the Knicks getting the second pick. There and was, I said it would be idiotic if they took John Moran over R.J. Barrett. And I think that's an Dennis idiotic statement. I don't think it's an idiotic statement. You have Dennis Smith Jr. That basically Martino means your just Porzingis trade was in his a wash. No, it means the Porzingis trade was a wash, no? Because you got Dennis Smith Jr. to be your future point guard. But I don't, Not so necessarily. I mean, all the talk is that they're going to sign Kyrie but, Irving but or Kemba Walker, so the is Dennis, he really the point guard of the future? The, the Mavs trade. man of the future. The Mavs trade had nothing to do. even dumber than if you're going to sign one of those The guys. Mavs trade had nothing to do with Dennis that you can Jr. Argue. It had to do with getting Christoph Porzingis away, off the books, get an extra draft pick, and free up space for Kyrie Irving. Yeah, they don't care at all about the... Assets that they got in return, no. outside of maybe the draft picks, but correct. Yeah, like I don't think they have high hopes for Dennis Smith Jr. You have high hopes for me. All right, Greg, let's do baseball now. That's what the people uh, came here for. Are they? They wanted to come for the, our lottery analysis. Probably not, Martino. Before before we let go, before we let go of this, who would you take at four overall? Um, oh wait, wait a minute. Or are you taking sorry. Cam Reddish at third? No, I'm just making sure. No. no, I really like John Moran a lot. I just I don't think so. No, I just prefer R.J. Barrett. Four? So, so is Cam Reddish the fourth player off the board? Um, I think it'll probably be Culver at this point. I don't want Jack Culver at four. I, no, of course. I Just going by what the mocks say, you know. I don't think really necessarily. I don't know. It's a crapshoot after the three. It's just a consensus top three, and you could really pick whoever you want after that. Yeah. I, I could see Cam going four, but I'm not really sure. It really depends on the I don't know. The, does Cam well, Bruno Fernando, Greg. We're going to him inside the top ah! ten? He's going in the lottery. He's going in the lottery. He's right going now. in the lottery. That's awesome. See the Hornets taking him right now. Um, 
I, I feel like they take like DeAndre Hunter could be a four. He was so awful. I know. In the tournament. I he know. just. But that's the thing. But was he healthy? You know. I mean, I I don't know. Well, you could say the same for Cam Reddish too. Yeah, who definitely. Was, who was hurt? I Co- mean, I mean, Kobe White's got cool hair. That helps. I think he's going top ten, Kobe. Yeah, he's definitely going top yeah, ten. I, I, I like I like the the hair as well. I don't like the fact that he uh, he spells his name Kobe differently than Kobe, but that's all right. We'll we'll we can talk about that another day. Cool hair for sure. Uh, not as cool as like Alfred Payton, like prime Alfred Payton. Uh, but I like right. the hair. Uh, I watched a few games of Kobe White this year where I was like, really, this guy's projected to be a top ten pick. Uh, just there were a few games that I watched where he underwhelmed, uh, but I do agree that it's a three-player draft, which means with the fourth overall pick, the New York Knicks select Darius Garland. They're, yeah, they're <laughs> going to get locked outside the top three. It's going to be great, Greg. I can't wait. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, speaking of NBA, speaking of college basketball for a moment, when you talk about this yesterday, because we talked about baseball, but um, John Beeline being new head coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers, leaving Michigan. I thought that was wild. I know you're a big college yeah, basketball guy. Yeah, I mean, guy. I'm not a big college guy, but you'd have to Martino, give me the scouting that, report. That was guy. nuts. I, the, that's another one of those things where I just woke up from a nap and I was just like, Did John, wait, what? Yeah. I, mean, I actually read that. Um, a lot of people are just saying that's more telling about where college basketball is. Yes, because direction. John Beeline, known as the one guy that you could count on that's like not cheating, won't cheat, is, does everything right by the book. And he's, the thought was like, oh, he has to get out that of means here. Like, he God knows, knows, he knows yeah. something is going to happen. Something's going down. Potentially so. I think so. Uh, is that a good hire for the Cleveland, though, from their perspective? Why not? It's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. Crap yeah, I agree. It, it, it's outside the box. It's just as good as hiring some assistant coach, right? All right. So it's, just, it's weird because it's not like, so like the last young college guy that we got was like Fred Hoiberg, right? And Billy Donovan. And Billy Donovan. Yeah. But Fred Hoiberg like came after him. Yep. But it's like, you don't see very, very often where like an older, an older coach. college coach right. comes to the NBA, which I find interesting. Yeah, it, it's very rare. But he said that he basically, he was a high school basketball coach. that became a college basketball coach. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, the, I'm sure like his, his coaching acumen, like he's earned a he's role awesome. in the NBA. That's no doubt about and it. I said I said this all the time during college basketball season. The mark of a John Beeline team was that they get better as the season goes on every single year. And that's what you need yeah. if you're going to coach Cleveland. You know that this is like a full rebuild right now. Like post LeBron like tearing it down, trying to build around uh like Larry Nance and then whoever they draft. So we'll see what happens. Who do you and Colin Sexton of course. Uh, Colin Sexton, yeah. Who do you think Martino becomes the next coach of the University of Michigan? Oh man, that's a that's a difficult one, man. I, I don't know. There's so many guys up there. It's so late in the recruiting process, too. It is. They might go in-house. They honestly. could. So the, the favorites in-house are Sadi Washington and Luke Yaklich. They're the favorites in-house. Uh, they are 10-to-1 odds to be the next head coach um, of Michigan basketball. Lavelle Jordan... Frank, people care about this. Oh, oh, do they? they All right. They should make a run yeah. at Mike Hopkins. Ooh, I'd watch. Making sure. Uh, I don't think <laughs> Syracuse. Mike, I don't think Hopkins guys? works at Michigan. I mean, Lavelle Jordan, former Beeline assistant, also ten to one. So all these assistants, former assistants, are ten to one. The favorite, if they wanted to go with a Michigan man, Jawan Howard, three to one favorite to be the next head coach at the University of Michigan. That'd be fun. Next at seven to two, Billy Donovan leaving the Thunder, which I could definitely see happening. Wow. Billy Donovan at Michigan, I could definitely see that. Speaking of ex-Florida head coaches, we get Jason Kidd and OKC. Mike White is five to one. Bobby Hurley five to one. Shaka Smart and Kevin Keats both at seven to one. Brad Stevens at twelve to one. Brad Stevens, yeah. What? If he wants, if he wants I mean, if you're going to leave Boston, you know, you look for a job like Michigan, right? Yeah, it's pretty pretty prestigious university, obviously. Mm-hmm. All right, Greg. 
What else you got? Any anything else uh, going on in college you want to talk about? Get off your um, chest while you're at it. No, I, I think that's it. Martino, am I missing anything else? No, you're good. God bless you guys tonight. Yeah, appreciate that, my friend. Appreciate that. Yeah, we have about six minutes left. You want you want to talk about anything from last night? I kind of want to see that for an hour too. If I'm being totally honest with you. All right. I mean, you, you like to do that a lot. I like, like to start talking about something until and, and right. so we get back from the break. Right, it makes sense, right? So it's just all cut naturally. All right. Are you going to watch any of the odd sports this weekend? Not odd, but like alternative. Golf, PGA no. Championship this weekend? No, no okay. not even close. What, what else do you have next? We got the Preakness Stakes on Saturday? Um, probably not. Um, I team- might go to the Yankee game on Saturday. Yeah? Yeah. I can't. It's supposed to be like 70 degrees. Well, we'll probably get like 50 degrees in rain like today again. Is it a 1 o'clock? 1 o'clock game. Oh, I might be able to pull that. I, 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 Tampa. I, I got to change some big stuff game. around. I got to change some stuff around. Oh, no. I'm going for a big dinner Saturday night. Saturday night is the uh, six, our last anniversary on May 18th. 105, Rays and Yankees. That, I will be there on Saturday. Oh, you aren't listening. Hopefully. It's my last anniversary on May 18th, ever. What does that mean? Well, for Judy and I, there's our... Are you, do you plan on like... Perishing? What do you mean last anniversary? We're getting married, so we'll have a new anniversary. I well, think that, well, what? You're still never going to have like, no. like a dinner date because like nah, that, that this date. is like the anniversary you started yeah. dating or that, something? That date doesn't matter anymore. I, I disagree. Really? Yeah, I mean. Why do I care about this date anymore? It's useless. I mean, you can have like two anniversaries. No, dates, right? I don't. Not that you so. have to do like something extraordinary, but like whatever, like a dinner date, something like that. I don't think so. All right. You, you guys have Look a date. Look at Greggy just trying to wiggle his way out of not having uh, two anniversary dates here. You, got, you have like three already, don't you? <laughs> what are you talking about? You have like the day you first met, the day you started dating. Yeah, I mean, we don't do anything crazy. We just acknowledge that it was the day that we met. <laughs> yeah, like maybe we'll go out and grab a beer together. We met in a bar, after all. A raggedy bar. Love that. It. That's a, you wouldn't want to meet your fiance anywhere else. Exactly. I agree. And then you're going to have your wedding. That's three. I don't know. I could be in the minority. I, I don't... I've never really asked married people if they celebrate like more than one anniversary. All right, well, let's go to Bavona. He's going to be married this weekend. It's this weekend? Yeah. Holy crap. Congrats, yeah. Bavona. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know it was coming that soon. Bavona, how many anniversaries are you going to celebrate? No, I'm not going to celebrate more than one anniversary. Exactly. See? All right. Well, well the- hold, hold on a second. Are we talking about like... So obviously, like I'm getting married on Sunday. That'll be my... May 19th will be my anniversary. Of course. Are you saying like... Will I also be celebrating like when we started dating? Right, which you celebrate now, I assume, right? Yeah, we do. Will, will, you, will you do that in the future? Not like, you know, not like go like crazy or anything. I might go out to dinner or something like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you acknowledge it, Greg. You don't just don't, sweep it under the so, rug. So now like I buy a card on our anniversary. I don't think I'm going to buy a card anymore in May. All right, well, you know, no, maybe just like a no, bouquet no, of flowers or something. Uh, you know? Seems like a stretch. All right, Greg. Well, I think just like go out or like do just like do something like on that day. Yeah. Just to acknowledge, just acknowledge it. Yeah, Greg. I don't think so. Bavona and my me. Pa- so I'll say this: my we're passionate. Parents, you not so much. My parents still celebrate um, their first date. Really? Yes. Mm. Yeah. It's like, a- I think that's where I got it from too. Like I'm pretty sure my dad celebrates like three different anniversaries. Well, my parents are divorced. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, come on, Greg. We didn't mean to be like. Bring it to that level. I didn't, I didn't know that that was going to be like the conclusion of everything here. Oh, that's great. I'm sorry. I, I didn't, I didn't want to create a somber note here. It's Greg, I'll say if you want brownie points, keep that date like in your mind. At, you know, just Here's the thing, like, Chris. Oh, I'll come up with something. Here's the thing. I'm the one that's going to remember. Not her. 
She's the one that's going to go past it and not worry about it. Yeah, but you're still going to win brownie points, and even more so because you're going to remember and not her. Yeah, so, in fact, last year we went out for dinner for one year until our wedding anniversary. We thought that would be fun. Like, so on November 9th of last year. Which is my birthday, so you you chose to go out for dinner with Judy instead of hanging out with me on my birthday. Yeah. Doesn't seem fair, but all right. So we went out with Judy on your birthday, and I got her a card and, I don't know, I got her flowers or anything. I got her something, and she felt like an idiot. It was awesome. <laughs> See? It was awesome. But then, for Hanukkah, we said no presents, and then she got me a present. And oh, so she tricked you. And I felt like an idiot. An idiot. Yeah. So I, too, on our five-year anniversary, mm-hmm. we agreed no, That's soon. no that, gifts. Is that this weekend? Or it just happened? No, it happened in August. I thought it was. I thought, what's your first? I proposed, I proposed on my five year anniversary. What's your first date anniversary? The first time you met anniversary. Oh, uh, April 11th. I knew that just actually it just happened. Yeah, that was a month ago. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Continue. Yeah, so on our five year anniversary, we agreed no gifts. I said, I know we said no gifts, but I got you a little something. And boom, that's how I did it. Proposal. That's very romantic. Yeah, there you go. See, Vona knows the deal. It was very romantic. I remember all the lead up to it. Yeah. You were first. You proposed first. Yeah. I proposed second. And we had a draft that morning, too. We did. Yes. No, nothing says nothing says propose to your uh, <laughs> your significant other like, let's draft with uh, Blake Bealey in the morning. I couldn't even eat. <laughs> well, that, was your, that was your proposal. That was mine. Yeah, not yours. I had a draft on my proposal, too. Oh, yeah, right. GST. <laughs> we had GST. What is wrong with us, dude? <laughs> we, had, we both had drafts on the day that we proposed to our fiancés. Just shows you where our lives are, man. And we both didn't. Perform well in those leagues. Did we? Did we, we make the playoffs, playoffs in GST? Sure. We did, right? Yeah. All right, well, but we didn't win. I think, like, I made the playoffs in the Flex, the Flex League, too. Flex made the playoffs, too. Yeah, but I didn't win it. Try. Hey, if you're not first, you're last, buddy. Oh, man. It's not nice. <laughs> it's true. Well, hopefully you don't have a draft on Sunday when you get married, Mona. You don't have time for that. No. Good luck this weekend. Make sure right? to set your Yahoo lineup, though. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. We'll go over last night in baseball and uh, the week coming up next.